Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines as he does every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And we definitely appreciate his time. And John, before we deep dive into the NFL, I got to ask, you made your debut on the fight game with DeMond Cotton on our sister station. What was the experience like for you? Well, I got to be honest with you, Q. As I told the mind, it was a pleasure to be on in Las Vegas with a real pro. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, see, you tell him that, John, and now his head is big, and now he's swollen. He might not be able to get out the door here in the studio. Now, <laughs> now I got problems with him. <laughs> well, I, I I had a blast doing it, and I appreciate the mind for having me on. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, he's a good dude. He's got his show going, and uh, he's doing some really good things, so we definitely appreciate him, as we appreciate you for joining us each and every week. And, John, looking at the Texans and looking at the draft coming up next week, it sounds like Bryce Young is a done deal to Carolina. He's canceled all his uh, other visits that he had si- lined up. So does that mean Bryce Young is a Carolina Panther? It looks like it, unless they've been running a serious ruse on the rest of the NFL, and it's happened before. But all indications are he's going number one. Now we're getting a lot of speculation locally and nationally that the Texans have soured on C.J. Stroud, and they're going to go with an edge rusher like Will Anderson Jr. or Tyree Wilson and bypass C.J. Stroud. I'll tell you what, if they come out of the first round and they don't have a quarterback, all the exhilaration and excitement that has been in Houston since D'Amico Ryans was headed was hired as head coach. It's not going to be that excitement. It's not going to disappear, but it's going to be, boy, you talk about crushing the fans to think that they might go into another season with Davis Mills as their starting quarterback and bypass four other players that could be taken in the first round. In my last mock draft, um, my fifth one for uh, gallerysports.com I have them taking Will Anderson Jr. and then with the 12th pick I have them taking Hendon Hooker the quarterback from Tennessee and this week I think I'm going to have them taking Tyree Wilson because I know they like the Texas Tech defensive end a lot maybe more than Will Anderson Jr. but if they were to bypass the quarterback and Will Anderson Jr. even though Wilson's supposed to go in the top six There'd still be a lot of people here who were disappointed. And then in Vegas, where they're usually right, they have Will Anderson Jr. and Will Levis as the favorites to be going too. And while people would be devastated if they don't get a quarterback, you talk about creating a lot of controversy if they took Will Levis second overall over Stroud, Richardson, and Hooker. Again, we're talking with John McClain from gallerysports.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, I mean, I know that you switch up your mock drafts, and, you know, a lot of people do just so it's a little bit different. But in your opinion, kind of gut feeling, how much do you think that there's a chance that Houston passes on a quarterback at two? I'll tell you, Q, I've been doing this now, doing mock drafts for about 45 years. And when they Texans had the first overall pick in 02, in 06 and 14. In 14, I knew it was Clowney. Picked him in like my last five mocks. Knew it was David Carr from the previous October. In 06, I thought it was Reggie Bush right up until they reached a contract agreement 
with Mario Williams the night before the draft. I thought it was all a smokescreen to try to get Bush to sign, and I was wrong. This time, if it's not a if it's C.J. Stroud, people here will breathe a sigh of relief. If it's Will Levis, people here will go crazy. But at least they have a quarterback that they would try to prove to people was the right pick. And you usually don't know that for two or three years. And if they took uh, Tyree Wilson, people would say, okay, they need an edge rusher desperately, and it would turn to 12. And I'll tell you, this is something I wrote this week on Gallery Sports. If they bypass quarterback at the draft on Thursday, speculation on the talk shows and the media would be, well, maybe they're going after Lamar Jackson because how in the world? Could they possibly go into next season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum? <laughs> because you're not trying to lose. Next year, Caleb Williams of USC and Drake May of North Carolina, at this point, are supposed to be better than all the prospects this year. But I'll remind people, Spencer Rattler, mm-hmm. going into his last year at Oklahoma, was supposed to be the first overall pick. And he spit the bit and turned out transferred to South Carolina. It's like we hadn't heard anything from him. So you can't look ahead. If you have a chance to get that franchise quarterback, you better do it. But if you don't like a guy as a franchise quarterback, then don't take him. You may have to pay the piper later, but don't take a quarterback you don't want to take. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. I want to touch on some of the news around the NFL. Last week it was reported that the Commanders, hey, they've reached an agreement with Josh Harris to buy the Commanders for $6 billion. But then Brian Davis, former Blue, Devil, Blue Devils forward, said, not so fast, I'm offering $7 billion. Have we heard anything about Brian Davis's offering? Is it real? Well, the last offer from Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson was $6.05 billion, which means Dan Snyder got another $50 million kicked in. And then this former basketball player, they don't say I got his money. There's a report that Saudi Bunny is behind it. Mm. And so it, and when you are a primary owner, you've got to have 30% of the purchase price in cash. You can't borrow more than $1 billion to make that pay payment. So you got to have partners or you got to be worth billions and billions. Now, I can't imagine NFL owners, especially seeing what the uh, live golfers have gone through who went over and took the blood money, that they would let somebody into their fraternity who had blood money from the Saudis. Uh, 100%. I can't agree with you more. But much to some more NFL headlines, Aaron Rodgers, Q and I, we were talking about this before, <laughs> that this is the ongoing saga, never-ending. Do you think that we see this gets done before the draft, during the draft, or after the draft? Well, before or during, Demond, because they've got to have something this year. You know, they're trying to maximize Jordan Love's strengths in his first year as a starter. There's a lot of pressure on that guy. You think Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and then Jordan Love. So they need a second-round pick this year, somebody who contribute, whether it's a wide receiver or tight ends. They need both. They can use an offensive lineman. They have to do something to put better pieces around him than Aaron Rodgers had. Rodgers took one of the receivers, Alan Lazard, with him to the Jets, even though it's not official. I can't imagine this deal would get done after the draft when they wouldn't get anything 
till next season. So I think, as I've said before, it should be a second-round pick this year. It should be a second that's a conditional one the next year if he plays. And there should be another conditional pick in there based on what he achieves with the Chess. The big story from yesterday was Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million contract, $179 million guaranteed. What do you think about that contract for Hurts, and do you think that's going to affect what Lamar's contract is going to look like? Uh, Lamar Jackson wants more guaranteed money than that. You know, that shows what happens when you have an agent, and the agent tells you, like, Jalen, I think that $179 million guaranteed, you can live with that. It's a five-year deal. You'll get another one in four years if yep. you continue to play well. And so take that short-term deal and, and just go with it. And, and that's the way it was with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. They didn't have to have the whole thing guaranteed. And truthfully, we don't know what Lamar Jackson's asking for. He admitted he turned down a three-year deal fully guaranteed at $40 million a year. He should have taken that. Mm-hmm. And if he plays well, if he stays healthy, and he should have them put a clause in there, they wouldn't uh, franchise him or transition him. So he would be 29 years old and unrestricted. He just turned 26 in the offseason. So, boy, if he sits out the offseason program at training camp and preseason and reports the week before the season – when they start getting those paychecks, that would be doing him a disservice, his team a disservice. And, um, you know, 32 million, he's supposed to make 22.3, make 32.7, I believe. So it's a $10 million difference. If he's not going to sign and play on a one year tender, and he'd be betting on himself to play an injury free season, get in the playoffs, win his second playoff game. And uh, because the longer you wait, the more the price goes up, like if Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, the one that signs next, it's going to be for less than the other gets after that. So if I'm a team, I'm doing like Jalen Hurts did. I'm doing everything I can to get that deal done ASAP. Talking right now with John McClain from GallerySports.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. John, I don't remember. Did the new CBA, did that rule out the fact that you could report to, to a team like Week 10 and still get credit for a year? Is that over with now? Nope, that's still in there. Okay. And nobody's done that because I know you, you want your money, but that is very, very selfish for a player with a team if he shows up like that instead of being there for the regular season. So we haven't seen anybody do that, and I don't think for a minute Lamar Jackson's going to do it. Uh, we've been talking here in Houston, if the Texans do indeed come out of the draft with no quarterback, they should go after Lamar Jackson. Because if you have him, you got to figure you're going to be good enough where your picks are going to be a lot lower than this year. You give up your number one in 24 when they have a second number one from Cleveland. And then you give your number one in 25, and that might be in the low 20s. So, I mean, the high 20s. So that might be a good deal. But on the other hand, I can't imagine them wanting to give him $230 million guaranteed. We were talking about Jalen Hurts and the contract that he agreed to, and his agent is Nicole Lynn. That's a Houston native right there. Uh, she's really coming up, John. She's really uh, doing some big things as an agent. I know it's not an t- uh, easy business, but uh, she's kind of taken over and real quietly got that neg- that contract negotiated for Jalen. What did you think about that? I like that. She lives here. She's done a great job. She has more clients like Will Anderson, Jr., and uh, she's done a terrific job. And what I like about it, 
There's not a lot of stories leaked out to the national media about it. They kept it quiet, just like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert negotiations have been quiet, and it's great to see it done. Justin Fields uh, is from here. People are happy for him. He's done it the hard way. And remember, in 2021, the Eagles were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and we were worried that they'd want to throw in Jalen Hurts. And, oh, my goodness, don't you know the Eagle fans are glad Watson turned them down. Right. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And, John, we'll wrap up with this. We talked about a lot of the quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. We didn't talk about Anthony Richardson. With the with the Texans having number two and number 12, would they take a shot and take a risk with Anthony Richardson and knowing that they can get a defensive player at number 12 as well? Now, I can't uh, I can't imagine that they would take Richardson number two. If he were there at 12, maybe. Okay. I'd, I'd rather have Hendon Hooker, even though he turned 25 in January. If he plays 10 years, he'll still be at 35. So what, he's coming off a torn ACL. That doesn't hurt players anymore. I'd rather have Hendon Hooker than, than Anthony Richardson because you've seen him play at Virginia Tech in Tennessee, and he was great this year. He's not, a to me, a boomer bust prospect. There you go. As the generalist says, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, John? I got my six miles to mock draft coming on uh, GalleriesSports.com. I have a column on both websites today about the draft and the Texans. And thank you guys very much for having me. I look forward to talking to you next week when we're two days away from the draft. No doubt. We'll be in Kansas City. We'll be talking to you from Kansas City, John, so we look forward to it. I did too, guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com. On Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. You can also check him out, Sports Radio 610 there in H-Town. And had to throw that question in about Anthony Richardson because they do have a, a number two and a number 12 pick. So sometimes that impacts what you would do. But you heard John say he would rather have Hendon Hooker than Anthony Richardson. Maybe if Richardson was available at 12, I don't see that. But that's just what... I see. So there's that. But we do want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r I know we're going fast and furious on today's show. We've got Ed Graney coming up, representing the Raiders, coming up at 3.30, representing that pick number seven. But I do want the other question out there to you. If Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis are all available at number seven, what would you do? What do you think the Raiders should do? Hit us up. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a bunch of text messages that I wanted to get to on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Don't forget, Ed Graney will join us at e- uh, from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ at 3.30. Give us the pick for the Raiders at number seven. But speaking of number seven, if the, if the Raiders have the option from Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis, if they're all available at number seven, what should the team do? Got a lot of texts. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got one from Jordan in Utah County. I would take Gonzalez at seven with those three options. Corner is a premium position. Gonzalez can contribute right now. The quarterback room is set for at least two years. Richardson is a huge risk. Gonzalez is more of a proven commodity. Uh, Jim from Yonkers. Uh, of This was, yeah, five Carter, six Gonzalez, seven Richardson, eight Robinson. That is our first uh, question that I threw out there about who you think the next four picks in the 2023 NFL draft will be for the Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, and Falcons. Again, he picked Carter, Gonzalez, Richardson, and Robinson, so that eliminates two <laughs> two options right there on our other question. And then he said, I think the Raiders will end up with 
Uh, Carter, Richardson, or Gonzalez. Who do you like the best? Richardson for me. Thanks for a great show. Q, Warriors are done. Go Knicks. LOL. That's Jim from Yonkers. There you go. <laughs> I love it that it's all directed at you now. <laughs> and if the Grizzlies lose tonight, yeah, yeah. it'll be on me tomorrow. <laughs> Lakers in five. Bye. <laughs> who was that that got us yesterday? Who was that? Uh, that was Aaron who won yeah, the uh, ticket right. for Battle for Vegas. <laughs> Lakers in five. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. I like that. So Jim from Yonkers, uh, great breakdown. I like that. Uh, we got this other text. This is a good one. Gonzalez, Q, but if I'm wrong, you're the one that said in the pick, so it's on you. <laughs> hey, man, just taking suggestions. I, I like it. I like it. Got another text. Q, Mayock would definitely select Brock Purdy's brother, cousin, at number seven, then immediately teach him a new position to play. <laughs> wow. Mike Mayock catching strays. I, I, I feel bad for Mike. I really do. Somebody's still upset about Lynn Bowden Jr.? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I feel bad for him because we all know he didn't have no say, right? I mean, at least in this, in this staff, we know Dave Ziegler is the, is the end-all, be-all, right? He made that perfectly clear in his opening presser, right? He was asking. I forget who asked, so no disrespect to whoever asked, but somebody asked, who's going to make the final call? Would that be you or Josh? And he's like, no, I'll consult with Josh. But I'm the GM. The final call is mine. So I can appreciate that. We know when Dave Ziegler, when that pick comes in, that's from Dave. That's not from Josh. That's not from Patrick Graham. That's not from Mick Lombardi. That's, you know, that's, that's Dave Ziegler confronting with, uh, in, in, uh, you know, having a, a, a compromisation or whatever the word is. It, it just a, a, a conversation, damn it. Having a conversation with the powers that be and they all come up to a conclusion. That, that's something that we do know. So I can uh, appreciate that. Cody and Denver said take one of the two corners. Uh, let's see. How about this one? Gonzo for sure. AR floor is Blake Bortles. Ceiling is Josh Allen. Realistic is Dak. Great some weeks and ugly the next. Love the letter, but Derek Carr would have said the same thing. Remember what the Pirate Leech said. You can't teach accuracy. I would trade up to number two for CJ if Josh believes he's a dog. That's Nash from H-Town right there. So there you go. Uh, broke down a lot of different uh, elements in that text. I like that. Uh, how about this one? If Tyree Wilson is there at seven, I'm taking him 100%. He's not. Uh, learn from Chandler, play inside and outside spell max, but he's not in this scenario. We can get a corner later and re-sign Rock for one year, build from the inside out, the 49er Eagles and Patriots way. In other words, the winning way. Uh, so there you go. Tyree Wilson is not available in this scenario. He's already been taken off the board. Matter of fact, he was taken off the board at number two by uh, the Houston Texans in this situation. So uh, he's not available, but I do like him a lot. And we'll hear from his head coach, Joey McGuire, tomorrow at 3.30, just like we'll hear from Ed Graney in a matter of minutes. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's hear from our good friend, Raider Mike. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's Chilling. up, D? Chilling. Anyway, finally got a chance to call. They let us off the island a little early. Um, first off, before I get to who, what I think we should do, uh, Raider Nation, get behind number 58 from Super Bowl eighteen. Uh, he just had major heart surgery. He made one of the most p- prolific pick sixes in Super Bowl history, essentially breaking the Redskins back at the end of the second half in that Super Bowl. So prayers go out to Mr. Squirek. Um, He said he'd love to go on with you. I can set it up if you want to talk to the man. But uh, he's got a stent in his heart. The surgery went well. All things are going good. So anyway, let me know if you guys want to – I'll call DeMond back if you want to schedule an interview with him. But Jack Squirek, he's a cool dude, and uh, he wants to talk. For I sure. So uh, when you uh, get that close to death's door, you want to say, hey, look what I did. I would be that way anyway. As far as what we do, 
is AR-15s are once in a generational talent. He's not Jamarcus Russell nation. He's not even close. This is a good kid. He studies his playbook. He's there on time. He wants to win. And uh, the, the what he does physically is almost inhuman. It's superhuman. So, and boy, would he pack the stands. But also, if we can't get Hendon Hooker, think of the jersey sales there in Vegas. So, anyway, <laughs> that's about all I got, boys. Uh, D, you want me to call you back and give you Jack's number? Yeah, do that. Do that. You got it, man. All Good right. to hear you, you. Raiders! There you go. Raider Mike doing a little on-air producing and everything at the same time. That's how we roll. We can do a little bit of everything, man. We keep our head on a swivel around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We definitely appreciate him. And I'll tell you what, man, Anthony Richardson is very hard to pass up, right? Really hard to pass up if he's available at number seven. It's one thing if you say, oh, well, you got to trade up to number three to go get him. That's, a, that's one thing. But if he's there at seven, I think the conversation around the room gets real interesting, right? They could have their heart set on who they're going to take. They could have in their mind, okay, this is who we're going to pick if he's there. All of a sudden, that person that they were going to pick and Richardson's there, I think that's a that's a tough call, man. It ain't easy. For me, especially since the corners, let's say, you know, the corners are in this yeah. mock draft that you're in, yeah. they're still available. But for me, it's not like it's Sauce Gardner. Right? I mean, so it's And not, Emmanuel Forbes is still available at the end of round one. Exactly. I'm just saying. You can talk yourself I'm into just saying, dog. Richardson at seven. <laughs> maybe try to trade your way into the back of the first or maybe even wait to the second. We j- we keep hearing about all the corner depth yep. that's out here. So I, I do find it hard to believe, hey, I, that uh, you could just be talking in the draft room. It's not like it's Sauce Gardner. It's not like it's Charles <laughs> Woodson that we I be mean, passing. Come on, dog. I mean, it's not it's not C. Wood. We can get another starter <laughs> in the second round. <laughs> How about this text from Raider Chavez nine one six? If Anthony Richardson if Anthony Richardson is there at seven, you have to take him and let him sit a season or two. Light the beam. So there you go. <laughs> I'm catching them today, boy. I am catching them. How about this one? You're catching this one from Sir Whiskey Ray Q. Don't forget about me. I love it when I get clowned on my skills. We all know I have no business on the court. I just like to pretend. Sincerely, DeMond's high school basketball skills. That is from Sir Whiskey Ray. Uncalled for. No, no, we ain't talking about me. We ain't talking about <laughs> what I do to deserve this. Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, and RJ joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. We got some winning that we got coming up in just a few minutes, around 345. We're going to give you an opportunity to go out this Saturday night and enjoy one of the biggest fights of the year. What you know, Damon, from the fight game on our sister station, 1230 AM, what do you know about Gervonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia? This is one of the most anticipated fights in all of boxing this year. It's going to be one of those fights that two guys that are very um, high profile, okay. where you get to see these guys, no belts on the line, but you get two guys that are Maybe more famous for what they do outside of the ring, and then to see these guys. Fight oh, so what are they? Superstars. Some YouTubers? No, they're not YouTubers. These are legitimate guys okay. at one thirty-five. But why, why are they more popular for what they do outside of the ring than what they do inside? It, like, if I'm more popular for something I do outside of radio, then there's a problem. Well, Tank is just one of those guys, Javante Davis, where he's more, like you can catch him on the Shade Room, yeah. or some of his antics. Okay, and then Ryan gotcha. Garcia is also very popular for he, he's an Instagram model. I mean, he's in a he's in a Gatorade commercial with Damian. He's an Lillard. Instagram model, not not model like that, but he's oh, like I'm, an influencer. I'm taking it personal. Then I'm whooping his ass just because yeah, well, you just said he's a model. Like he's, I ain't letting no model whoop my ass. He's one of those guys. Yeah, good looking, got a bunch of yeah, social that media. Yeah, good looking followers. guy ain't gonna yeah. whoop me. If he's gonna whoop me, I ain't getting in the ring with that good looking guy. You know what I mean? Like I'll pass. Yeah, so it's one of those like it's two two guys there. Like 
are they really that good? Well, now they get both undefeated, so right. now they get to face each other, and we can see like because it's one of those guys. Let's see him fight somebody at the top of the top of the division. Okay, so now they'll fight each other. All right. Well, that's what's up. Well, we have tickets to watch them live at exclusive closed circuit viewing at MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, tickets are on sale for that, but we'll uh, we'll give those out after we talk to Ed Graney. And Ed Graney joins us now from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Matter of fact, they'll be giving those tickets out as well tomorrow on the show. And he's also from the RJ and Ed. We do appreciate you, man. We're Less than 10 days away from the first round of the NFL draft. Do you have any idea what direction the Raiders can go? And how many different directions do you think they can go at seven? I want to do some roughness on unnecessary. I want to do some roughness for unnecessary (laughs) day, man. I wanted to trade up. I want to do some crazy stuff. But then I saw the board, and I'm not allowed to do that. So I'm going to stay at seven. I I think they could go – if they let's say they just stick at seven – I don't know if there's that many ways they'd go. Um, I got. I just can't believe they're not going to go defense at seven. Right. Um, Q. I just if they stay there, and they have so many needs defensively, man. I, I I just think they'd have to stay at seven and go defense if they didn't trade up. What do you think, though, if if for some weird, crazy scenario that, you know, like a Richardson and Levis were available, but then also a Christian Gonzalez was available, you know, do you think how tempted do you think they would be to make a move for Richardson? Well, you and I have talked about it. If they love him, make the move. Um, if you if you have fallen in love with a guy you think is your future at that position, the most important position, um, and you've got Jimmy Garoppolo there to tutor him and, and uh, others to tutor him in that room, um, go make the move and just don't be wrong. Uh, that that's what it comes down to. So, you know, if they if they think he's there, they would know he's there or not. And uh, they they have fallen in love with him through workouts and through the combine and, and meeting with him. Then I say do it. Um, it's it's the most important position. There's no no there's no position more important than that. And if you think you have your guy, go get your guy. If you doubt it though, and there's some kind of doubt in your mind, then I would just stick with seven and get 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 the best defensive player. Again, Ann Grady is our guest here from our Raider, on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. You can find Ed Grady on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and everything he writes is in the RJ, the Review Journal. Does a fantastic job with both. And so, Ed, one of the conversations that I was having, matter of fact, I was having it with Vinny earlier, was maybe the Raiders go in the mode where they try to build the team as much as possible. Maybe maybe skip a quarterback early, maybe get one later on just to see who he could be, maybe like a DTR or some or Clayton Toon or maybe, you know, the Jake Hayner from Fresno State, just to see what they got ends up being but really concentrates on just about every pick being defense just to build that team up and then says hey if the team is built next year we could do everything in our power to go get the guy like target a certain guy and go get him is that a possibility you think the Raiders could do yeah I think it is Um, I I don't think they're going to use all 12 picks I think they're going to do something within the draft um, with some of those picks uh, which should probably be uh, uh, smarter than to do so I think that's I think that's a good way to go also. I, I just think they have so many needs defensively. If you build that team up and you build that side of the ball, they've already addressed some things offensively in the offseason. Um, I don't really know how much they've addressed defensively. You and I have talked about this, about the guys they've signed and brought in. A lot of them seem more depth pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I have also said that they need to get out of this with two or three starters on the defensive side of the ball. So you build it up and you try to do it that way. And, you know, Maybe, like you said, you take a flyer and a guy late to where if he doesn't work out, it's not a huge deal. Um, but, you know, uh, Hayner's out there, like you said. There's others out there. There's the Max Duggan kid. There's others, you know, that um, maybe you can get the later rounds that you really feel could uh, do something in a year or two. Um, but if you go that route, then build up your defense as much as you can. 
With uh, less than 10 days away from the start of the NFL draft, where are you sitting right now with Jalen Carter? How do you think the, the Raiders team, the staff, is looking at him right now? Um, I think it was interesting. I don't think he'll get to them anyway. So I don't think they're going to have to kind of be on the board and have to make that decision. Um, internally, I, don't, I can't say I don't know them well enough, and I don't know any of us do, to really feel what they believe, you know, in terms of the comparisons with the fast driving and what happened in those accidents and what happened with Henry Ruggs. Obviously, they're not the same kind of situations, but still, I don't know if they would think it's a bad enough look to where they wouldn't, where they wouldn't go that route. Um, you know, I don't think they should go that route, but again, I, don't think I think the decision is going to be made for them because I think he's going to be off the board. I just don't think he can get to seven. Um, someone's going to take the guy. Is that good? So I don't want to put words in their mouth in terms of how they would feel about him off the field or his off-field stuff. Um, we know what he can do on the field. Um, and to be honest with you, given all that happened with Ruggs and given what happened with Jalen Carter, I don't think they'd be overly disappointed if he was off the board at that point. I don't know if they want to be put in that position to, to make that call or not, given right. what happened with Ruggs. I, I think it'd be like if someone else took him, okay, he's gone. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the PR hit if you take him. You can just go on and make a really good pick of a defensive player. I think they wouldn't mind that. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here from the RJ, the Review Journal, on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. We always hear the phrase that, you get, that they want more bites at the apple when it comes to a team and the amount of draft picks that they have. But I don't think that the Raiders are not so much be able to sign, but also the guys in the undrafted market as well. Those 12 picks are just not going to be feasible. So how likely is it that they trade back up into that first round? Because to me, why would you want those 12 picks? Not all 12 guys are going to make the roster. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Devon. I, like I said, I don't think they're going to use I don't think all 12 picks are going to be used. So to trade back up, um, I could see them, you know, I could see them doing that as well uh, to to, you know, if if they think that they can get uh, different players at, at that realm. I mean, I think you're right about that. And you're right. I mean, 12 picks is a lot. Um they could go Angels route and pick all defensive players like the Angels took about 10 pitchers in the last baseball draft. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, and they probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't hurt them. So I, I'm with you, Demond, and I, I think I'm saying what's right. I don't think they're going to use all 12. And then with all 12, but for me, maybe in those later rounds, you mentioned maybe a quarterback, but this is also supposed to be a deep tight end draft. Do you see yeah. them maybe looking for that tight end to not maybe replace Darren Waller, but I think that they've got to beef up that tight end room with the guys they have on the roster now? Yeah, it's a deep room. Um, obviously, they brought some in, so I don't know how they're thinking in terms of what their depth is at this point. Um, you're right, I think they could use one more. Um, I don't think you take them early. I'm with you on that. I think you wait till later rounds, and if if it's if it's that deep of a class, there's one sitting there, and you think you could help your depth. I don't have a problem with that with the tight end. And then around what round? Because we know you said maybe they need to leave with you know three or four starters. Around which round can they start to take those swings? Or maybe it is the guy where maybe some fans will think, why are they taking him there? But you know, let's say the first two rounds, they get the guys that are solidified. That's the chalk, the blue chippers. What round can they start making some? Not saying wacky choices, but maybe some that the average fan isn't expecting. Well, I hope they don't make too many of those because that's happened before with this team and their drafts <laughs> haven't gone well. So I hope they right. make draft picks that you know people are pretty solid on. Um, mid rounds, you can do stuff like that. You might you know you might take a few picks where people kind of either raise their eyes or say, "Oh, we didn't have that high," or you know, you know, you know, did they reach on them or they did not reach on them? So I I think they should make as many solid picks in their eyes before they do that as they can. They just have too many holes defensively not to really try to shore up that side of the ball and. I think they will. I mean, I, 
one thing we can't do is um, is put the the misses of others on these guys. Right. Um, I think that's unfair. Um, they haven't had good drafts lately. Um, these guys just came in last year, you know, for the first one. I, I'm I'm actually considering this maybe this is their first full draft and and what I want to see from them in terms of how they do so. But you can't put others' mistakes on them. Um, we just got to see how this draft plays out and how you know the players come in and who they take and, and how well they perform. Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I had someone ask me the other day, and I want to ask you the same question. What are your realistic expectations this year for Jimmy G? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> that was my answer, too. A big that's sigh. A that's, a, that's a great question. You know, I think he's a professional. I think he's, you know, I think he's a professional. I, I think if they bring another guy in, he'll work with him. Um, that's everything you hear about Jimmy G. He's a professional. He's not adverse to working with people. Um, uh, you know, for better or worse, I think the guy who came before, there was kind of that knock on him, and if he would do that, he's not here anymore, though. So that's kind of unfair. I mean, he's gone. Um, so, you know, probably should move on from that narrative. Um, I think he's a professional. Um, and, again, I think he's fine if he doesn't get hurt. Right. You know I mean? He, he, just, he just has to stay healthy, and I think he's – do I think he's as good as Derek Carr? I'm not going to go that far, but um, I think he's will bring stability to the position. Um, he's a pro. I think he's probably a really good teammate from what you hear, guys, who've played with him. Um, he'll be a good locker room guy. Um, how many wins, I don't know, because you, know, you don't know if he's going to stay healthy, but if he stays healthy – I think he'll. I think he'll have a fine season. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, Uh-oh. you said it. You Uh-oh. said it. Uh-oh. You can find him on Uh-oh. Twitter at Ed Graney. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This oh, is no. this has been the one that is going to be the most pressure and the most feedback no. we'll no. receive. <laughs> is oh no! Ed Graney on the board at number oh, no. seven. Bryce Young's gone number one. C.J. Stroud went number two. Number three was Will Anderson to the Cardinals. Four was Anthony Richardson. Five Jalen Carter, as you mentioned, was already off the board of Seattle. Six we just had Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. So what says you, Ed Graney, again oh, no. on Twitter at Ed Graney? Oh no. <laughs> Who do the Raiders take at number seven? Oh, there's two guys I'm considering, uh, and I'm going to get a hard time about this because people are going to want the other guy. But I did say this a long time ago, so I have to stick with my guy. The Las Vegas Raiders select Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. Boom, there it is right there. I'm by a- way of Colorado, Oregon, <laughs> by way of Colorado. <laughs> I got to make sure we get that in. And that's Colorado before Dion, before prime time. So there's uh, that. I, I like I that just, pick. I think, well, I, I think they, if they stay at seven, I think they got to go defense. They could use a really good corner. Um, I'm going to get a hard time from some people who want Devin Witherspoon. I don't mm-hmm. think you can go wrong with either one. Um, they need a kind of a lockdown guy. Uh, I like Gonzalez's size. Um, uh, he, he, you know, I don't know if he's as physical as Witherspoon, um, but I'm going to stick with it because I said it like two or three weeks ago. So if I change to Witherspoon, I'd get a hard time from uh, from uh, some friends. So I'm going to stick with Christian Gonzalez. I don't think they could go wrong with either guy, though. I would if they got. I'd be if I was a Raider fan. And you stick at seven, you get one of those two top corners in the draft. I'd be really, really happy. I agree. I think it's a really good pick, and I know we've had a lot of conversations here on the show about defensive line, edge rusher, defensive tackle, you know, or corner. Which one's more important? But I think that they all are vital for the success of this team moving forward. So yep. Christian Gonzalez, in my opinion, is a really good pick. Let me ask you this question: Was there any part of you that thought about Will Levis there at number seven? There was not. There was a big part of me, like I said, when I wanted to bring some madness to the show to trade up, uh, to trade up and get Anthony Richardson, but I couldn't do that. Ooh, okay. Um, so uh, there was a big part of me who wanted to do that, but he was gone on the board, 
and I had to stick to the uh, rules and regulations. Um, but that was there was not a pick or there was not a uh, sense of me to uh, to stay and, and take a quarterback there if uh, those you know those other three or four were gone. So, I like I said, if they, if if we're if you and I are at the facility, uh, although you're going to be at the draft, so yes, if you're sir. At the draft. Yep. If you're the draft and you're interviewing one of those two corners and they stay at seven. I think you're going to be really happy with the pick also. I think it's going to be like, you know what, sometimes you just have to take what you really, really need and not worry about, you know, all the outside noise of trading up and trading down and doing everything. If there's a really, really good defensive player there, given what this team needs are, I think you make the pick. And I think it would be a really good pick. I think no one should have a problem with either of those two corners. I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the logic behind it. And final question for you, Ed, well, for the Raiders, uh, at least, uh, as far as Anthony Richardson and you trading up to go get him, what were you willing to give up to go get Anthony Richardson? Uh, well, you have to give up seven. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to go back and forth with my GMQ on whether you have to <laughs> give up two and a three. I would give, I'd give up, like I said before, and I've talked to people, um, uh, we had uh, Miles Simmons on the other day. I respect his opinion. And Others, you know, who cover the league and around the league, and who say, you know what, if he's really your guy, you go get him. You, you, you know, now you have to be right, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a risk, but if you really feel inside, because that's the most important position. If you could go get him, even if to overpay a little, then you go get him. So, I'm not saying they're not going to do that because you know this is just our draft here um, amongst ourselves. Um, but uh, if not, if they stay with the pick, you know, take 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 the corner. There you go. Ed, we, let's switch it over to hockey real quick because I want to ask about Puck VGK. Drop, drop, baby. Let's go. Taking on the Winnipeg Jets game one tonight inside the Fortress. How is this off? Excuse me, this postseason going to look for VGK? I know that they won the Pacific. Are they the favorites to maybe make it to the Stanley Cup Finals? They're not the favorites to come out of the West, but I'm not going to be surprised if they don't. I think Colorado's going to be the favorites to come out of the West, but um, they have Mark Stone back now. It'll, it'll be very interesting to see how Mark Stone plays tonight coming off the back surgery. If he's right... And he's playing like Mark Stone can be. Maybe not tonight, DeMond, but maybe, you know, if they get through the series, the second round of the series, and he's playing like Mark Stone, I think they have every every chance of anyone to get to the Stanley Cup final. They pretty much have, you know, everyone back except Will Carrier now. If they get LeBron Boursois, good goaltending from him, uh, like my like my co-host in the morning says, uh, they're not very good analytically, but all they do is win. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> that's all that, that's all they seem to do. They're not... You look at the analytics, and you're like, ooh, you know, that, that's not very good. And then you look at the last 22 games, and they were 16-3-3. Three, and three. So they just find ways to win. And teams like that, you know, if you, get a, if you get a hot goalie, you can go really far. So if Mark Stone plays well and the goalie stands up, then uh, we might be talking about these guys for a long time into June. Hey, you mentioned the hot goalie, Laurent Bersois. He's looking like the guy that's going to be in goal. But are the other options at goalie, are they going to be there going into the postseason? Well, we think Jonathan Quick will be number two. Aiden Hills, you know, he's only had a few since his injury, a few periods in the AHL. Logan Thompson had a had a uh, step back on his workload, so we don't even know where he's at health wise. So, I think they need Bersois to be good, Devon. I think they need to be good, and he's been very good. He he has not lost in regulation. Now he's only played ten games, and that's a small small sample size. But he has not lost in regulation. Um, so, if he continues to play like that, I think that'll be good enough for them to win games. Ed, I gotta, I gotta pass this message on to you before we let you go. You mentioned, oh no, you mentioned about your draft picks, and you mentioned oh, no. that you were gonna get some hate. This one comes from yeah. Laker E E E E E. He said, "So Ed Graney took Christian Gonzalez." FML. You guys seen this guy play? He's not good with his hands. He'll be flagged a lot. Yeah. Good luck. I hate this pick. How could you do this to us, Ed? <laughs> Listen. 
Listen, E E E E. That's nothing compared to some of the emails I get on my column. So I'll, I'll, I can uh, I can handle it all. But that every hey, I love that stuff. You know what that means? It means you made an impact. That's right. That's right. You made an impact, Ed. <laughs> good, good or good or good or bad. You just want to cue. You just want to make an impact. You don't want to. You don't want. You don't want indifference where there's no opinion on either side. You want an opinion on one of the two sides. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Well, fantastic <laughs> stuff, Ed. We definitely appreciate you. What are you working on? I know you got some VGK coming out, but what yeah. are you working? on we should be on the lookout for it's you know what it's uh, other than the draft and uh, hanging out with you and uh uh you know around the draft time you're, before you leave uh it's going to be pretty much all bgk once they hit the playoffs man we really go uh, full throttle into the bgk playoffs well that's what i'm talking about excited excited for puck to drop and excited to see what uh, vgk can do and i think they have a nice little playoff run in them so we're excited about it getting started uh this evening at the fortress so ed thanks so much for your time my man enjoy the game tonight we'll talk soon Okay, thanks. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. There you go. Ed knew it, though. He said it. He said he was going to get some some negative feedback. I will say I got some positive feedback on the text message. Best possible pick, go Ducks. So there's that. Just saying. So it's it's. I think Christian Gonzalez is fantastic, by the way. I think that Devin Witherspoon is fantastic. I think both corners are great, and they would both be great additions to the Raiders' defense. But my man definitely was not a fan of that pick by Ed Graney. But we'll put it out on the board. Uh, that's why Ed made the pick and not me. So you can't say that I'm pushing the cornerback narrative because that didn't come from your boy. But uh, we do want to look for call number nine real quick, 702-365-9200. This Saturday night, you want to be at the MGM Graham Garden Arena. You want to get these uh, tickets so you can check out the biggest fight of the year, a little exclusive closed-circuit action. Basically what it means is you get to watch it in a big-time theater and you don't have to worry about paying for pay-per-view. It's fantastic, and we got your opportunity right now, 702-365-9200. Call number nine. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Shout out to my man Manny. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets. Going to go check out some big time boxing going down Saturday night at the MGM. That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Go there and hang out. Check it out without having to pay pay-per-view prices. I think our good friend Carolina Teague is going to be in town for that fight, right? Is that the one that she's in town for, Damon? If it's going to be any boxing fight, it should be this one. <laughs> okay. I think she said she's in town for that one. I'm not 100% sure, but I think she said that's the one. So if so, we'll get her, we'll get her in studio and pick her brain a little bit uh, as she comes from uh, San Antonio. But uh, we did get a text about boxing. It says, uh, this is from the 209, boxing is whack now, Q. All the top boxers just stay ducking and dodging each other. If a YouTube star and Jake Paul can come in and do it, you know that it's a joke. That's from the 209 right there. Appreciate the text. And I'm 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 always the, you know, the old man get off my lawn guy. I'm the I was the Mike Tyson era where that was fantastic boxing, must watch TV. I was the guy that bought the 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 Roy Jones fight with the Mike Tyson not too long ago. I don't know why. I was in the barbershop the other day in the cut and I was like, I was there and I was like, I don't know why I bought that fight. I don't know what I was expecting to see. But whatever I saw. Was not what I was expecting to see. I was like, they, they get a sucker all the time. I bought that fight, and that was a big-time waste of money. But going back to my youth, man, those were two big-time fighters, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. It didn't get no better than that. But it got a lot better than that than what I saw that night. That was terrible. 
Real quick, when it comes to if Jake Paul can do it, if you've got all the money in the world and you train for about two, three years, yeah, you probably can beat some novice boxer. If you get like a good 6'5 athlete that's mm-hmm. an influencer, it's like, hey, man, you get the best trainers round the clock. Someone's like 20 years old. Yeah. In about three years, you probably could score two buckets in an NBA game. <laughs> that's all he's doing. It's not right. like he's out here beating actual fighters. Right, so exactly. That's the, where it's like anybody, it's like, oh, would the NBA be whack if somebody trained for about three, four years and he scored five points in the game? I did think it was pretty whack when Tony Romo – he signed with the Mavericks and was actually going to play. Like he suited up. I was like, "You kidding me? This dude's not even Mr. Cooper." Like I'm a, I'm a, I, I used to enjoy the show hanging with Mr. Cooper, but he didn't have no no business being out there on the court. Master P with the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, like, come yeah. On. He didn't have no business doing that, man. I know, I know you got money, but come on, man. I want to see the skill. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up first? Border jumper Raider. Border jumper, my brother. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dog? Hey. Thanks for taking my call, Q. Yes, sir. Love the, love the radio uh, station. Love the podcast. So, the number one difference, since you're on the topic of hockey, but not in the NHL, uh, the number one seed, me, a loyal Bruins fan, has um, less than 25% of the number one seed going into the Stanley Cup playoffs have ever won the Stanley Cup. Mm. And so, Raiders fan, Bruins fan, real men wear black. Thanks for taking my call. And the lucky guys. Take care. Board of Jumper Raider, appreciate you, man. Nice little nugget that you dropped on us right there. I like that. I actually have a betting line that we'll close out the show with today, talking about VGK and their opportunity to win the Western Conference and uh, make their opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, we have that coming up right before the show gets wrapped up. Of course, we have Michael Rothstein coming up at the top of the hour. But who else do we got, DeMond? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Thank you. How you doing, man? Hey, what'd you say Ed's uh, Twitter handle was? Because we're about to have a fight now. <laughs> Ed Grady's <laughs> catching all the strays. At Ed Grady on Twitter. <laughs> uh, hey, no, I'm just playing. Uh, you know, like usually I don't like to get a cornerback above 10, but I will say, uh, especially watching the Combine, I mean, Christian Gonzalez was the, the dude that I felt like he was just smooth. Like when you watched his transitions, you know, I mean – like the way his hips moved and like you know his like his running skills, he just looked like fluid, fluid, uh, fluent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to find cornerbacks that can transition as quick as he could. So he's definitely got some natural talent. So um, I wouldn't hate the pick if we if we did Gonzalez. I mean, on the flip on the flip side, I think if you know like you were saying, if Levis and Richardson was available. It's almost the perfect scenario uh, if the Raiders were to trade back, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and possibly maybe you know target a, a Hen and Hooker to get another second round pick, and you might even get more than you know their first round pick and a second round pick if like someone like Richardson was still available. Someone is definitely going to be chomping at the bit if he's still av- available at seven, in my opinion, at least, or uh, possibly even uh, if Will Le- Levis was available. So, uh, but you know, like uh, John McClain was saying, you know, I like I like the way he's thinking that he likes Hayden Hooker as well. And, you know, uh, I know the Texans in the mock draft got uh, a QB, but if for some reason they did it, you know, I mean, uh, they might pull the trigger on Hayden Hooker at 12. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. I don't, you know, I, like I'm thinking like, oh, we could go back to the mid-teens and be able to get him, but maybe not. You know, if, if Houston throws a curveball, uh, you know, they might pull the trigger on Hayden Hooker at 12. So it's, it's interesting to see how all this is, is going to lay out. But, no, I mean we get uh, you know we get a good cornerback like cornerback thinking about it. Uh, we need someone to guard Travis Kelsey. So whether it's through like you know someone uh, rushing the quarterback and and you know just disrupting the pass a little bit more, or uh, a cornerback that's going to help us 
be able to guard a guy like Travis Kelsey somehow, some way, and add depth to our team uh, and a stud player, you know what? I could hate it. We got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. So. There you go. Good call. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, there you go. So just for a little nugget, uh, it was April 18th, 1998, when the Raiders selected at number four overall, one cornerback, Charles Woodson. It worked out pretty well for him, right? So shout out to C. Wood, the Hall of Famer. That was April 18th, 1998. Shout out to AFL Godfather on Twitter, who's always dropping nuggets and knowledge on Twitter that is silver and black related. 358 to time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. Michael Rothstein from ESPN will join the show to make the pick for the Falcons there at number eight. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, corner to the 5, touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got a text here on our don'tbebroke.com text line from Rob in Oakland. Some thoughts. I'd go back to the tape and take Gonzalez. AR-15 is appealing because I can imagine him torturing AFC West rivals, but it's just my imagination. Warriors enter the, the season pompous. Kings excel at offensive rebounding and at turning, at, at turning turnovers into points, and the W's bad habits feed them strengths. I only hope the W's can tie it up at home and get one in Sacramento, but they have flaws in their roster structure. Uh, three, I feel bad for Mayock. I always liked the guy, but he sealed his fate when he fell on the Arnett sword. And then four, I never liked the yellow team from L.A., but under the circumstances, Lakers in five. That's from Rob in Oakland touching on uh, a variety of different subjects right there. We do appreciate you. Under the circumstances, Rob. you could just remain neutral, my brother. <laughs> Coming from a grizzly at, at heart right there. I like it. DeMond right there. Man, you jumped in there quick to 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 defend the Grizzlies. Unbelievable. Rob, we do appreciate you, regardless of what DeMond says. Join us now on the phone lines. Another man that we definitely appreciate is my guy, Michael Rothstein from ESPN on Twitter, at Mike Rothstein. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. We'll talk all things Atlanta Falcons. Uh, As far as the draft goes and their needs, what would you say is probably the Falcons' biggest needs and concerns when they enter the draft next week? Oh, man. Hi, Q. How are (laughs) you? I'm fantastic, brother. It's been a minute. I was going to say, it has been a minute, but I feel like we've had this conversation every time we've done ESPN radio together over the last like year. Because amazingly, as much as the Atlanta Falcons have done in free agency, and they did a lot, they're one of the most active teams, and they greatly upgraded their roster, their needs remarkably remain the same. <laughs> they are edge rushers, they are cornerback. They are wide receiver, at least in terms of depth. And they also just kind of need depth all over the roster. They, they've greatly improved themselves, Q, from the end of the season to now. But they had such a big rebuild to go that they're still going to need to add more players and more young players to kind of finish this off. Jeffrey Okuda, they made the move for him. They signed Calais Campbell earlier in the offseason. I thought those were two real sneaky, good moves. What did you think about those defensive moves that uh, Atlanta made? I like them a lot because here's the thing with both of them, right? We'll start with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell, if he can give you a six sacks, that's a win. But what he's going to do is take that young group of edge rushers because Arnold Ebiquette, D'Angelo Malone, they were both rookies last year as outside linebackers. Lorenzo Carter is still 
pretty young in the league. He re-signed. If they draft an edge rusher, which I imagine they will at some point, he can get tutored by Calais Campbell. Caden Ellis, who they signed from New Orleans, he can get tutored by Calais Campbell. They have a guy named Taquan Graham who was played next to Grady Jarrett. He can learn from Calais Campbell. So if Calais Campbell comes in and teaches all of those young guys what he has learned in a borderline, maybe Hall of Fame career, plus he's playing next to Grady Jarrett to divert attention, that's a win right there. And if he gives you real production, then it becomes a very, very good move. As far as Jeff Okudi, he traded a fifth-round pick for a guy who was the number three pick in the 2020 draft. He's a guy I covered as a rookie in Detroit, and the guy is incredibly smart. He is very, very talented. He has just dealt with injuries almost his entire career, including his rookie year when he had a groin injury and then the Achilles. If he can stay healthy, the talent level is there. And he is not going to need to be the cornerback one because that is A.J. Terrell. Mm-hmm. There's not even pressure on him to be CB2 because they do have Casey Hayward coming back. He just needs to be able to get himself right, get himself confident. And if he does that, then maybe he takes over next year or later this year. And that's a major win for you. And if you like what you see, then you can sign him to a long-term deal after that. They do have the fifth-year option with him. But I have a tough time seeing them picking that up just because they have not seen him play a down of football in Ryan Nielsen's defense. Talking all things Falcons right now with Michael Rothstein here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I say, Roughness, my man, DeMond's got one for you. In this offseason, we've seen that the Falcons, they want no parts of Lamar Jackson. You know, they, they came out <laughs> immediately and said, hey, he's not a guy that's on our board. Or we're not looking to trade for him. But if Anthony Richardson were to fall to number eight, do you think that maybe he would be on their board or maybe they would pick him at number eight? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that simple. De- Desmond Ritter I mean, is... No, no, I, I, no, let me, I, expand. I mean, two, I say that because we have had this conversation before. Right. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are going with Desmond Ritter as their starting quarterback. They brought Desmond... They had their first kind of media availability of the offseason today. Who is the first person that spoke? Desmond Ritter. What did Desmond Ritter say? He said that he's been told that he's going to be their starter. Listen, is it possible they draft a quarterback? I've learned to say never say never in the NFL. But I would be very, very surprised to see them taking quarterback at number eight when they do have other needs, and there is also kind of a can't-miss luxury pick out there versus a guy that, frankly, I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson. I'm just not. I'm not going to be sold on a guy who was started for one season in college, more or less. He had like about a little over a 50% completion rating, I, I'm just not sold on it. Not when you are, if you are drafting Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and you take them in the top 10 and it doesn't work out, you are probably out of a job. I'm not going to trust my career as a head coach or a general manager on Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, frankly. The only guys in this draft class I would trust would be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now, the caveat to that is I think whoever goes to Carolina is going to be successful because so much of this is coaching and so much of this is development and their combination of Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell and Josh McCown, I love that for whatever quarterback goes one. I think he's put in a great position to succeed, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, Atlanta's coaching staff knows how to build quarterbacks. There's no, I, I'm very confident in that, but I just would not I, I don't see it happening. I just don't. Maybe I get surprised. Maybe I'm incredibly wrong. But I'm just not sold on Anthony Richardson. I, I, I think some of the 
the traits are incredible, but the production scares me. <laughs> in one of the mock drafts that you did recently, I saw that B. John Robinson was taken at number eight in just a draft simulator. Do you think that would be an actual viable option for the Falcons at eight? Uh, I do, and, and here's why. The Falcons have shown they care not at all about your concerns about convention. Remember, <laughs> two years ago, they made Kyle Pitts the number four overall pick in the draft. He became the highest tight end selected ever. Why? Because he was viewed as a generational talent probably the best player in the draft. Well, how about people talking about Bijan Robinson? Generational talent. Mm -hmm. Possibly the best player in this draft. If he's sitting there at eight, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm not. If the board falls a certain way, and you're sitting there, and you don't love the cornerbacks that are left, you don't love the edge rushers that are left, but Bijan Robinson sitting there, and you can't trade out because no, you, you can't find a trade partner for a quarterback or, or someone to come up to get somebody. Maybe you not really, you don't really love. I wouldn't put it past the Falcons to do it because here's the thing. I think it was Lewis Riddick. It was somebody has said this over the last 48 hours, and it's true. Go look at how many guys, especially in the first round, end up signing with their teams after their rookie contracts. It's not a huge number. And here's the other thing. When you're talking about B. John Robinson, if you take him in the first round, in theory, you have six years of contractual control over him because you've got four years, you've got the fifth-year option, and then theoretically you have a franchise tag year if you chose to use that. That's a, that, that's a pretty good investment in a guy if he ends up being someone who can gain 1,000 yards for you every year. That's, to me, that's really enticing. I think that you, sometimes... We overthink this, and we look at positional value because of X, but what does it matter if they take B. John Robinson? And that's it, it's for any team. What does it matter if they take him at 8 or 18? If the guy ends up being a pro bowler five, six, seven times over, who cares where they drafted him? Because he's probably going to be better than almost everybody else in this draft, if that happens. I like it. And then you also mentioned trade partners like there in that last answer about, hey, if no one... I like it. <laughs> If no one's going to be there like to offer a trade, are they looking at, hey, maybe trading back from that number eight pick and still staying in the first round? I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, why, why, why wouldn't you? If, unless there's a player you are so convicted on taking that you feel so great about and you can get trade to get more draft capital, absolutely. Because here's the other little part of this, right, as we're talking about quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson before. In theory, and I say in theory because every year it's, oh, that next quarterback class is going to be amazing, and then it ends up being okay mm -hmm. more often than not. Next year's quarterback class looks like it might be amazing. So get more draft capital because if it doesn't work out with Desert Ritter, if he doesn't, if he, if he shows that he's not the guy, then if you're Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, you might be in a really tough position going into 2024. So you can then use whatever draft capital you have to move up to get the guy you want, the guy that you think that you're going to you know, bank on to be the future of your franchise if Desert Ritter doesn't work out. I, I mean, sure, I, I can see them absolutely trading back if the board fell the right way and there was a team that wanted to move up and was willing to make an attractive you know, offer to them. Why, why wouldn't you? I, I think almost every team in the NFL would would do that. I mean, that's... That's the, the truth of it, right? At the end of the day, if you're an NFL team, what you want besides amazing players is you want more chances to get it right. Because the draft is an inexact science. It's as much of a dartboard, even though no one will admit it. 
So early rounds are more educated darts that are being thrown. They're your better dart players. So late rounds, they're dart players like me, and half the time you miss the board completely. <laughs> Basically, you just want more options, and trading back gets you that. And maybe it may get you a play, a proven player in the process. And the, every team in the NFC South almost had a chance to win that division last year with everybody that was second place being 7-10. and 10. How close do the Falcons think they are to actually being the top of the NFC South? I mean, I think they're there. I think they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, look at, look at the other rosters in the NFC South. Look at the other quarterbacks in the NFC South. The only guy who's proven is Derek Carr. And you guys know all about Derek Carr, and I, I like Derek Carr. <laughs> right. I do. I yeah. like Derek Carr. I think he's a player. But the Saints have lost a ton off of that defense. A ton off of that defense. Especially in that defensive line. And they lost their co-defensive coordinator, who's now in Atlanta, and Ryan Hills. So I have questions about, Atlanta, uh, about New Orleans' roster. We don't know about Desmond Ritter, but I like a lot of what Atlanta did. Tampa Bay's an older team, and we don't know their quarterback situation at the moment. And then Carolina will be some rookie, yep. whether it's Stroud or, or Bryce Young, or maybe they surprise somebody. Uh, I love their coaching staff. I like a lot of their players. I like their defense a lot. But this is a wide-open division, a wide-open division. And it's going to be the team that, frankly, I think, I don't even know, because I think the talent is close enough, that he's going to be the team that's, frankly, probably coached the smartest, that's going to win this division. Because, well, you know, the quarterback play might be somewhat equal, and I do have concerns. You know, I'd say the Saints roster is probably the best roster, like realistically, especially on offense, even with the stuff that they've lost, as major questions about their defense. But... On offense, they have Kamara, they have Michael Thomas, but we don't know what Michael Thomas is going to look like. Right. We don't know. I mean, he hasn't played it, it feels like, forever, or at least, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. Chris Salabi's pretty good. Very good, actually. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's wide open. I, If I were in Las Vegas, where you guys are, I would not put money on any of those teams right now because I, you just don't know. Unless somebody, you know, I would probably put the money on whoever the highest Whoever got the you know the worst odds to win the division because I think it's that's as good a good a chance as any based off of how all these all these teams are built at the moment. Uh, but I mean, I, I really liked what Carolina's done, and I really like what Atlanta did in free agency this year. Again, Michael Rothstein from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. I wanted to ask about Jalen Carter real quick. If you know, uh, if, you, if anyone knows about him, it's you. I mean, you're there in, in, in Atlanta. You're covering the, the Falcons. He's there at Georgia. Uh, do the Falcons have any interest in Carter if he's available at eight? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. I, I honestly don't know. You know obviously, he's able, to, he's able to visit the Falcons as part of the local pro day. Uh, since you know he goes to Georgia, or went to Georgia, I, I honestly don't know. I, I do know this: the Falcons value high character guys. The Falcons value hard workers. I, and I mean, what we've seen from Jalen Carter can, would concern me if I were the Falcons. Again, that's me, right? Reporter covering the Falcons, saying that. That's not the Falcons saying that. I, I would again, I would have concerns. The talent, there's, there, it's undeniable, right? Like. When we're talking about best players in the draft in terms of pure talent, he's got to be, he's one or two, frankly. It's probably him or Bijan. Right. In, in terms of pure talent. But, man, I, I just have so many questions. Like, how, I, like, my thing, how do you show up to your pro day knowing there are so many questions about you in bad shape and then really don't do stuff? Like, that, if I were a general manager, I would, like, 
like bright red flags. Like neon, is neon red a thing? If it is, like, <laughs> like that's what I would have. Uh, just that, but again, that's just me. Um, you know, I, I, I would, for me to draft, if I were the Falcons general manager or any team GM to draft Jalen Carter, I would want to only bring him into a place where I knew that there was so much stability in that defensive line room and so much stability on that team where you think that the team can influence him enough to make sure it works. And we've seen, it, we've seen that happen before, over and over again. There, there you go. There you go. Well, we got just about 30 seconds, Michael. You're on the clock. Falcons at number eight. Who are you picking? Man, all right. So I saw your board. I, I would love to take B. John Robinson, and I really thought to do that just to give you guys a curveball, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to – you know what? Forget it. I'm taking B. John Robinson. Boom! I, I, think, I think it's a luxury pick. I really consider Nolan Smith very heavily here, and I consider David Witherspoon from Illinois. I think those are two guys that they absolutely would look at, but I'm going to have some fun with this, and I'm going to say B. John Robinson because I, I just think that they could surprise some people with this, and it makes a ton of sense – for what Arthur Smith wants to do offensively. There it is. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate the pick. We'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, man. There he goes. Michael Rothstein from ESPN. That's going to do it for our show. The Aviators are up next. Bijan Robinson is on the board and going to Atlanta at number eight. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.